Well, ladies and gents, welcome back to Down for the Count. As always, I am one-fourth of your co-host, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis, Janae, and Nicole, welcome back to the show. So we have another episode, as promised in our previous episode. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, it is all about the tears. And we did fight, claw, scream, holler, and get those tears made. And if you haven't seen them, they are up on our Instagram right now, or at least they will be soon and you guys can go and check it out they are so also going to be available on our twitter you guys can go and check out our tiers and y'all can have it out in the comment section with us which i'm sure you most likely will with all that being said this episode was about um a few weeks ago mark calloway aka the undertaker had went on a podcast and was talking about wrestling and he was basically referring to the WWE locker room more specifically. He was talking about how he felt the locker room was soft. And he also felt that there weren't any, you know, real men in the locker room. And us four girls wanted to have a conversation about that. So if you want to hear what we had to say, most definitely you guys can keep on listening and check us out and see what we had to say about it. It wasn't nothing nice, I can tell you that, but most definitely you can check it out. So without further ado, here is the Beer Mark episode of Down for the Count, and I'll see you guys in there. Well... Speaking of the old guard and all of the uh, all of the drama, let's let's get into the mess, Alexis. All right, kiddos, fun and get fun and get over. So, Undertaker, aka Mark Calloway, decided he is going to go on a podcast and um, let his uh, distaste. For the new locker room atmosphere to be heard and pretty much the locker room that mark said was uh well first he called the product soft which is funny because this is the product that's been paying your bills for the last 30 fucking years but who am i to just on that one um but he's saying that he has a big problem with guys in the back playing video games and having fun which then talks about a little pretty. Well, here's here's what he said. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Hold on a second. I'm going to put it up so you can see yeah. it. So I'm going to read it verbatim here. So I don't misquote Mr. Callaway because uh, yeah, everyone, if you haven't heard this by now, here, here we go. Okay. Here we go. I, this is actual quote. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that had that have an edge to them, but there's too much pretty and not enough substance right now. This is from a conversation interview he had with Inside the Ropes. Um, he also talked about the locker room atmosphere where uh, with the softness, apparently. Yeah, hold on a second. Yeah, show, show this one. When I read this one, <laughs> what the what kind of atmosphere was this shit back in the day? So okay. here's here's the full quote from Mr. Callaway, because I don't want to misquote again. In that era of guys, too, those were men. You go into a dressing room nowadays, and it's a lot different. I remember walking into my first real dressing room, and all I saw were some crusty fucking men. Half of them had guns and knives in their bag. 
it got handled back then. Now you walk in, there's guys playing video games and fucking making sure they look pretty. It's evolution, I guess. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just like those eras, man. I liked it when men were men. Well, that's what Callaway said. But see, uh, <laughs> this is why we stand Austin, uh, Austin Creed here on mm-hmm. this show, Xavier Woods. He, him and a bunch of wrestlers shot back with uh, tweets. Here's his. I wouldn't be the same person that I am without the guidance and lessons of a few key people from the previous generation of wrestling. They taught me about the business to save my money and to have video games in the locker room as healthier than having redacted. Thank you, guys. That was a very classy way to respond because if it had been me, it had been a lot of fuck yous and bitches. And I Uh I just went completely the fuck off personally. Shana, Shana also responded too. She was like, I carry both. And she's like, and I still play video games. And then we have Cedric's response, along with Lince Dorado. I enjoy video games and looking good. (laughs) And Lince was like, me too. So I'll go first and then you guys can go. We'll do a roundtable discussion about it. I don't, where I have a problem with this assessment of the product for WWE is more specifically to the toxic masculinity that he displayed in his response. He is not wrong when he says the product has gone soft. That is done on purpose due to their PG-13 rating and the way that they present their product to the masses. They want to be more kid and family friendly, but be edgy at the same time. Now, it is possible for it to be done and not to be as chaotic and wonky and messed up as it is on Raw because it's being done on SmackDown correctly and we can see it. So he's not wrong when he says that the product has gone soft. Where he failed was his assessment of the men's locker room. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I, I would not feel safe walking into a locker room full of men and they looking like they ain't washed their ass or they ain't slept in three days and they got a bunch of weapons around. I don't know about you, but that's not that's not a safe fucking environment. Number two, it's it's baffling to me that he would he would want the locker room to be in that type of in that type of environment, that type of energy. You know exactly how it was back then. But see, the difference is you were coddled. You were protected. You were one of the favorites. So for you, it was an easier road to be in that type of environment. But you think about guys like The Miz and you think about guys like Morrison who were there back in the day during that time. I don't think it was as easy for them as it was for you. Then you have shit where you hear stories about the hazing that they've done and their behavior towards each other. It was an extremely cutthroat you got to, you know, prove you're good enough. We're going to pitch you against each other type of environment. And even though Vince bred the environment, it didn't, it didn't allow for other people to be able to, to, to get their time to shine and to be stars. It only allowed for a certain section of people, the clique, the people that Vince, you know, loved and was surrounded himself with. 
So you stifled the roster because of your own selfishness. And it wasn't just in the men's locker room, it was in the women's locker room as well. So that toxic energy, that toxicity that he's talking about is not a good way to run your company, especially when the situation is everything about wrestling is structured. It is structured and detailed down to the last minute. So you would think that you would want to have more camaraderie in your locker room, first of all, to keep morale, to keep employee retention, and number two, so that the superstars can mentally be able to perform. When you stifle a person's mental, that affects their physical. It was just a stupid, dated response, and all I heard was, I, I don't fit in in this era. I don't fit in here. And that's, that's why I believe he retired, because he doesn't fit in in the current regime. Yeah, they sit back there and play video games. What the fuck are they supposed to do? Put their, pull their dicks out and play swords with it? I don't have a problem with a man playing a video game. That's another stigma that people want to say, well, it's childish for you to play video games. You're not a man if you play video games. That's unfair. If your assessment of a man is detailed down to the fact that you carry guns and knives and you have a beard and because you know you have a tiny dick, you have to assess your masculinity by the weapons that you carry, then that's on you. And that also speaks volumes about your manhood. But not everybody's like that. So I would be more concerned with how I'm assessed as a character and as a man, rather than being worried about if I have a gun or a knife or not. That's all. You know, okay. So what you're saying is, Mark, is that men back in your generation weren't trying to, because correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't part of wrestling selling a character and no matter what generation of wrestling you watch you're bound to be attractive to a wrestler whether female or male that comes on your tv or comes out when you're going to see an indie show correct like the attraction level's always been there is it just me no okay because listen my first wrestling crush was Shawn michaels and that was totally different by the time that Jeff Hardy and the Hardy Boys and Lita and Edge and Christian and all of them came out, tastes change. And, you know, we're at the era where, you know what? Dude wants to take an extra fucking hour to look good. What's wrong with that? Especially when you're about to go out on TV. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, dear God, how dare you go out there with your eyebrows not taking all over your face? <gasps> so... Eh. All I just keep thinking about when he said that shit was the story of Randy Orton shitting in that person's back. And of, I can't think of his name, but he I, he doesn't even wrestle anymore. So you have Orton, and the difference between Orton and Taker, I really think Orton's realized how much of a shitbag person, no, no pun intended, how much of an asshole that he was and that he's trying to change, improve, and, you know, make do with, like, you know, I'm sorry that I was an asshole. What can we do to make this up? 
you had you know let's let's go there the miz i just ratted on him but like the miz was eating over chris benoit's bag the guys in the locker room knew that was benoit's bag and when benoit came in he like grabbed his he like fucking grabbed miz and was about to fucking kill him like really wanted to beat the shit out of him and he threw him out and this is when Miz first started. We're not talking about Miz now. We're talking about Miz maybe one, two years into the business. And he had to change in the bathroom. And Benoit died before because they had the whole thing. If whoever kicked you out of the locker room has to be the one to invite you back in. And if they don't, tough shit. But Mark, remind me, weren't you the one that kind of was like, nah, he's coming back in. If anybody has a problem, deal with me. Like you were always Vince's favorite. So you got special treatment. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with him saying this, I agree with Tiff, where he realized this generation didn't need him anymore. It's kind of like going back to what Cody did that, you know, I know it was in character or whatever, but what Cody said to Jericho, you need this generation more than this generation needs you. We don't need The Undertaker anymore. And he was one of my favorites. But honestly, I can't support somebody who's like this. So fuck you, dead man. And to me, it just sounds, he sounds a lot like Hogan when Hogan goes in the back. No, excuse me, when Terry goes in the back and he comes out like, oh, you know, all this new, these new generations are, are cold to me. Well, yeah, dude you're the one who like fucked over wrestling a lot for people like why it took guys so long to get over because you had your basically your hand on Vince's dick not to mention you're a racist so the reason why there isn't um a union union that pissed me off when I learned about that but you want to go back here and you want to see athletes like Ricochet like all the guys in the Hurt Business Bianca Belair Naomi you know, all the like anyone who you seem to have some really ugly, disgusting slurs to say about them. And you you say that and you say it so casualty and you wonder why when you come back there, nobody wants you around. That's like sitting on someone's couch and then not wondering, no, why you didn't get invited back to their house afterwards. But you still show up anyway. Simply fuck you, Mark. Fuck you. <clears throat> well, Janae, Nicole, you guys want to go? I can go. You can go first, Janae. Um, I mean, I read it and I was just like, that's a really uh, weird way of saying I really still want to wrestle, but Unfortunately, I don't fit in with the changing and involving of wrestling right now. So instead of me just going with the flow and trying to change with them, I'm just going to complain that, you know, no one's bringing in knives and guns into the locker room. Um, It's a shitty way of thinking. It's a really shitty old way of thinking. And the fact that he's not willing to look at it in a positive light thinking, well, yeah, they're bringing video games in, but I would rather be in a locker room with a Nintendo 64, a PlayStation, a PlayStation 5, 
then wondering, is this person next to me who has a gun on him, is he going to shoot me because uh, I accidentally stepped on his wrestling boots? Like, uh, that's very toxic. And I can't understand for the life of me why anyone would want to be in that situation and think it's a good thing. Um, obviously, the way he thinks a man should be is very off-putting because if you think a man needs to have a beard, carry a knife, and a gun... Bro, this ain't no, this ain't the 1950s and 1960s, year 2021, where you, you're you still a man and you can enjoy video games, you can enjoy Pokemon cards, you can oh. enjoy watching someone on the Food Network make a very delicious filet mignon, and it doesn't mean you're <laughs> any less of a man. Right. So his, his way of thinking about what a man should be is very is very skewed and that needs to change because as we continue to get older the younger generation that uh, we're thinking is really going to be out the window and he's going to be in for a rude awakening in like the next five to ten years so that's why i'm not happy with the fact that he's thinking about working backstage at nxt because a lot of these nxters they stream a lot of yeah. them. A lot of the guys do, and so do a lot of the girls do. And I would hate for them to have to see this man every single Wednesday knowing that he doesn't see them as a man. He sees them less than because they would rather play video games than go shank somebody in the locker room shower. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't NXT have an issue with a trainer back in the day? It was like can't think of his real name but his wrestling name was Hugh Morris and a lot of shit came out about him yeah they just fired him I mean not just fired him but they fired him I don't I didn't know that yeah Yeah. he was like um that's why I was asked I'm I'm asking y'all I watched a video about it but it was like he was really back there like old school mentality he was really back there like treating people like shit and I Yes, someone who was in NXT, but they ended up leaving because of him. Um, his they found out about or this coach or whatever they fucking called him found out about his sexuality, and he harassed him so bad and hazed him so bad because of their you know the way they the way they swing. He left, and he's like, "This dude fucking ruined my chance of ever wanting to work with WWE." If this is the kind of people they they hire. I agree with Janae. Like, could he handle someone in the locker room who was openly gay? If it was an openly gay man, would he be able to handle it? He's going to be in for Ruta Reagan because in NXT, they have a roster of everything that he does not like. Correct. So. Nicole? Um, none of this is um, politically correct. Is not going to sound good. So just FYI. Um, to before I start off, I'll slightly play devil's advocate about the too soft thing. He does have a point, but that is not necessarily the talent's fault. But it is at the same time. So I do get that aspect. That's the only aspect of all of this spiel that I uh, understand and that I agree with. 
but that's also have to do with the guys being soft or people being soft in general because a lot of them are coming in and they want to have a life outside of wrestling they also have other interests yes they do love wrestling but they have other goals dreams aspirations and things that they are okay with that they eventually want to accomplish not just breaking their bodies 300 days out of the fucking year for x amount of years so okay so there's that Mm -hmm. um the videos games thing is weird especially with like the toxicity so i cannot think of his name i'm so and i feel bad but there was this rookie and he and they told him that he will basically they end up having him buy drinks for everyone at the bar it was uh, like Houston, something Houston, yes Houston. they and they didn't even have drink the drinks they only had the the bartender poured them and they poured them right out and left and then you have JBL doing all sorts of ridiculous things and then obviously we mentioned the Randy part so it was like why would you want to feed into that negativity? Like what? Like what about that screams that is going to prolong the business? And also him even saying this. So a lot of this stuff also isn't doesn't really help because he said this on a non wrestling podcast to a very mainstream audience. Correct. So he is currently insulting and tearing down the current roster to people who already don't watch wrestling or even if people who could have potentially considered watching it are not anymore because of these words so again you are hindering the business instead of quote-unquote helping like you think you do all the time second of all undertaker has a lot and you think undertaker would be an advocate of them having healthier um, outlets and have have healthier lifestyles because quite frankly majority of the people within his I want I call I'll call it class of people who were wrestling are fucking dead. This is true. Or crippled. A lot of those guys who are within that age that he is who wrestled for as long as they are again are fucking dead or broke broke and crippled or some combination of the latter so you would think so more people don't end up like this and he's like yes do like go play your dumbass video games go go do that don't be back here getting doing blow before you go and wrestle a match in front of 20,000 people. Because that's not normal and that's dumb. And he, and which I think it's also funny coming from him because it's like, dude, you're end up, you're going to end up fucking crippled in not, not too long yourself, to be completely honest. And I'm not wishing that on anybody, but I'm just being realistic of his body. 
you get a damn surgery every year to fix your back so you can sort of fucking walk. Don't you think that she would be one of the people trying to help advocate for a healthier life and you being one of them are trying to live a healthier life? So I don't know, maybe that your wife doesn't have to wipe your ass in five years, or maybe that you can actually watch her fucking children graduate from high school and then go to college and not be dead crippled or a vegetable. I know I would. Hmm. So again, I just think it's idiotic. It's just all around dumb. And again, like I said earlier in a week, when when Michelle is posting some GoFundMe about how he needs surgery because he's fucking can't walk or some fucking he was I don't know driving his little tractor trailer and his little fucking um dumbass um blue lives matter shirts over and then his you know his legs stop working i'm not giving him no money he's just gonna be crippled and he'll just deal with it i don't know i mean and i i I told these three and i'm gonna say it here you know how like when you have wrestlers who have kids and the kids say, hey, you know, I want to be a wrestler too. And the parents were like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you don't have to do this because I did. Like, and, you know, they'll, they'll either say yeah or no. And, you know, they'll either prove it or they're, you know, they'll just try it and they don't like it. I honestly see Michelle and Mark forcing their kids into this business. I really do. Michelle ain't got none else better for her going on. Might as well. it's just you know now he's got a legend contract and I'm just like I'm like okay you know I mean that's I mean, what I just said is fucked up. And again, and I'm not displacing anyone who has, like, anyone who's disabled or anything, and I'm not trying to speak ill that community, but I'm just saying, of someone who has seen so many of their peers die or literally become immobile because they have not, because they did not take care of themselves properly while doing this, you think he would advocate for a healthier way of living so these people can have time, spend time with your family. You know how many wrestlers or how many, you think about all the second, third generation wrestlers who dads are fucking dead. You think of Pillman, you think, I mean, Owen wasn't really his fault. I mean, they're not wrestling, but I'll throw him. You'll think of Owen. Um, most of the Von Erics are fucking dead. Um, Literally all of them, except for Kevin, who are dead. Um, you think about um, British Bulldog, and just so many people. Hell, even Eddie. Yeah. Benoit. And Benoit. And that's a whole nother thing. And you know what? And this is funny, and this was fucked up, but it was funny. Someone tweeted, they were like, the fact that they let that they thought it was they listened to Benoit who had the fucking mind of a scrambled eight year old person 
say that it was okay for them to do whatever they did Ms. Shit should tell you something. You know what the the weird thing is? Like I was I was talking to my mom about it because she was messing around and she found that episode of Benoit from Dark Side of the Ring or Dark Dark Side of the Ring. And she goes, Do you remember that happening? I said, Yeah. And she got real quiet. She goes, Did you see the part where Eddie's wife was talking about him coming over and climbing into like their side of like Chris, like Eddie's side of the bed? Yeah, that shit's weird. I don't care what nobody says. And I'm like, You know, I said, Mom, if if someone did that, she that that's a sign for help. I'm like, You know, like, if God forbid anything ever happened to my husband and, you know, his best friend and I are very close and, you know, he would, you know, we would, you know, whatever we would need to do. Dude, if I saw that motherfucker lying in the bed that I used to live with my husband, I'd be like, uh, you need to get the fuck out. I'm actually going to call somebody to come get you and they're going to take you to the hospital for a couple of days. Like, you don't sit there and just be like, we just thought he was mourning. Like, why is he in your bed? that you laid with your husband at, lady. Like, didn't that have been a trigger warning for you? Well, we all know Vicky Guerrero has her issues, so she's leaving that. I mean, I just, I just, here's something I would want to ask Undertaker. Like, y'all see my husband, he's a big dude. He, he's an airplane mechanic. He loves getting dirty. He loves doing macho manly shit. He also likes to cook and play Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons. So does that make him less of a man? Tell Mark he's according to Mark, people gotta stay strapped, you know, beat their wives, um, kill people backstage, you know, all 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 of that, cheat on their spouses. You know, he should be very familiar with that. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, let's let's assess it. From the rumors that we've heard about the locker room back during The Undertaker's time, it's very toxic. It's very toxic situation. It was very um, overly sexualized. A lot of sexual harassment was happening. Even though I won't dis- not dispute that it's happening now, it's, it's not as tolerated as it was back then, and it's being more exposed than it is back then, but you know, there was a lot of sleeping around and sleeping, and you don't hear about that kind of stuff, not the sexual harassment stuff, but you don't hear about that kind of stuff happening now. There's a bit more camaraderie in the locker room now. People are working together to try to make the product better. They're working together to make the locker room be more of a communal place rather than it just being somewhere where you guys can be cutthroat and fight. A good example is when Alistair Black was talking about how he came to the roster and he would clean up the locker room. And Roman was like, Alistair, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm cleaning up the locker room. He's like, you're on the main roster now, man. You, you don't have to do that anymore. That's not how we operate here. That's not what we do. He said, you're fine. They hire people to clean this place. That's what they're going to do. He said, you worry about wrestling. And that that speaks volumes because he couldn't just let the man keep doing it. And Alistair was just like, I pay my dues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it's fat and it also it's like the the guys that you have back there you think like someone like a seth is going to tolerate someone come back there and be like oh yeah like oh i got my brought my gun with me he they'd be like what the fuck no because they have take that at, take that shit home <laughs> a lot of those like a lot of these Women and women, like you have moms and dads back in all locker rooms across whether it's it's Raw, NXT, or SmackDown. And if I have some asshole coming back there when I have my kid, if, if I'm a or manager or someone who worked on the show, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm bringing my kid because they want to see what I do. If I had some asshole come back there talking about how they got a gun in their bag, I'm gonna tell them, get the fuck out, my kid's here. Like, no, get that shit away from them. Go put it, go put that shit in your car. Do it or I'm a mu- or I'm a fucking throw it away. Like I would go off on them. Cause it's not like back in the day where it's like you travel and you don't see your wife and kids, and that's when you get pussy on the side. Like nowadays, people bring their family with them. And I'm talking like little kids, wives, nephews, niece. Well, not now, but like before COVID hit, they would have all their family. Lacey Evans was one of them. And Lacey, Lacey's military, so would you really want to piss her off by bringing a weapon around her child? You wouldn't, like, we just gave her a lot of shit, but, like, the vibe I get from Lacey Evans being a mom, you would be dead, you would be down on that ground before that disassembled gun hit the ground, if you brought something like that around her kid. Period. Like, you don't want to fuck with that lady. That lady scares me. Like, her wrestling sucks, but personally, she scares the shit out of me. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, people bring their wives, and it's just like, I'm, I'm going to be damn honest with you. You really want to try to do, like, pull some shit like that with, like, a dude's, you want to try to pull shit with, with Roman's wife, with, with fucking Seth's fiance, with her, with Becky? Would you want to try that shit with Kevin Owens' wife? Who's like really protective of their wife and kids? Would you want to pull that shit with Pete Dunn of all fucking people? He'll just straight up kill you. Like if you brought something around his kid. His wife and kids. People are, I don't know what's going on with him, but I I, I, I agree with um, Janae. I think that it is just that he feels like he's phased out. And, but you're supposed you to be phased out. For you and to that's what, And that's why I don't understand what is so hard for that um, generation is for them to let go. Like they talk all this shit in the business, but they cannot fucking let go for the life of them. I don't know, but I don't, but see, that's the thing to, to a certain extent, they didn't prepare to transition out. They just assumed that they could do this forever. And then you get that, you get that addictive type of personality towards it, similar to way to the, where entertainers are like Bobby Brown and, you know, older rock groups where they were so addicted to the, the high of the crowd that, they, they need that. You know, like we talk about Matt Hardy all the time. And we're like, Matt Hardy should really consider transitioning into the back and being a part of production and creative rather than 
being on TV wrestling or being in the spotlight in general. And it's just like, he just seems like he's never going to do that. And these guys from Undertaker's, they didn't prepare for after wrestling. They didn't care about that. And that's, that's the difference between then and now. Now, these wrestlers are able to prepare for life after wrestling. They open businesses while they're wrestling. Multiples of, multiples of them have wrestling schools. They've got restaurants, coffee shops. Co they've got clothing lines. They are booking um, deals where they can sponsor stuff on their Instagrams and Twitters and on their Facebook or wherever. They're becoming brand influencers, actors, producers, um, they transition into actual wrestling where they might work backstage at WWE into creative. They have multiple avenues because they've learned from the sins of the past. And, and Undertaker was just coddled his entire career. So he doesn't understand any of that. Because if he did, he would not have said what he said. It's just bottom line, what he said was disrespectful to all the males that are in the locker room, and it makes it appear as if there's some soft-ass bitches, when in reality, he himself is a soft-ass bitch, and he wants to say, well, I'm not pissed about it because I did my time, but then you assess it by you missed the old days of the old guard, so which is it? You're either okay with the ending of your career, or you aren't, because it sounds to me like you aren't. It sounds to me like the times have changed and you don't fit in anymore. So you were just like, you know what? I think it is time for me to hang up the boots. Sorry to break your bubble, but you should have hung up your boots about 10 years ago. Just say. Mm, period. So unless everybody, is everybody cool? Do we have to say anything else about Mr. Mark Cowboy? No, he kick rocks. No. Okay, great. I will holler at y'all. Everybody enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the tears. If you have a problem with it, you know where to find us and go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, then that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. It was a short read from Mr. Mark Calloway. We wasn't trying to spend too much time with him or give him too much life we just really wanted to set him straight just a little bit the toxic masculinity for us was a little too much so we had to make a whole episode just for you and your toxicity all that we ask is that you respect the fact that there are different people and these are different times and right now it's not safe or smart to have guns and to be these rough rugged tough guys that you assume makes you masculine or makes you hard in some kind of way i think you need to redefine what it means to be a man and it doesn't always have to do with violence and aggression and anything that can be considered violent which would be guns and knives and all that stuff I know that he comes from a different era and he's an older guy, but it is not hard for you to open your eyes and look um, to the future and look and try to be more considerate and open-minded when it comes to um, masculinity, period. With all that being said, follow us on social media. Tell us your thoughts about Undertaker and his take on the current locker room and the current um, atmosphere in the WWE we honestly all collectively agreed that he just felt like he no longer fit in, which is fine. That's okay. But he should have said that instead of saying what he said. Moving on, follow us on Twitter at DownForTheCount19, or you can follow us at D4TC underscore podcast. 
always, as always, I'm your girl, Tiffany E. And I hope you guys continue to listen to us. Thank you so much for rocking with us. And we'll be back with our Royal Rumble review. It's going to be coming up this week. So look out for it. Thank you.